Greetings. We come in peace. That was a little over top. Wasn't that was. <laughs> well, that's like the second time we've done it. What is wrong with you this week? No, I, Are you that excited because it's supposed to snow, yes, or or because it's Valentine's Day? It's Valentine's Day and it's supposed to snow. Have uh, has anybody got you a big box of candy? Uh, I got myself a big box of candy. Does that count? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely counts. You need to wait till tomorrow. It'll be half price. That's you, true. You can get it cheaper. Well, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Uh, Full price and half price tomorrow. There you go. What's your What's your favorite kind of uh, candy to get and eat on Valentine's Day? Uh, the uh, strawberries, chocolate Ch- covered. Are you Are you serious? No. Okay. Then why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say probably. Uh, are the turtle doves? Are those the No, those are Christmas. Turtle doves. Yeah, those are Christmas. What are you talking about? <clears throat> what well, you were talking about the turtles caramel. candy? They're not called turtle doves. Whatever they are. That's they're the called caramel. turtles. That's the caramel things, right? Caramel turtles is what they're yeah, called. Yeah, that's Christmas. Right? No. Is that right now? They make those year round. That's what I'm gonna get. Okay. And Cadbury eggs. <laughs> Cadbury eggs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, I uh, read a while back that Cadbury's actually going to make a new commercial. Are they? Yeah, they're, they've the one that they've had the last couple of years is like made in the eighties that they play every year. The one with the line. Yeah, the line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, how's your week been this week? It's been pretty good. How about you? Oh, uh, it's been good. Uh, running a little bit late today. I apologize for that. That's uh, <clears throat> that's okay. Just don't let it ever happen again. I will take that into consideration, and I will try not to. Uh, I do have to say, though, that's the only time I've been late. That is true. How many times have you been late? Uh, every single time. I was even late today, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because, so, and, uh, so, uh, you know, when I did get in and you weren't here, I was like, hmm, okay, I don't have to be in no rush then. Well, listen, I'm a POS, and we have determined that throughout the course of this uh, podcast. So, are you looking forward to all the snow we're supposed to get this week? No, I'm not. I'm I'm kind of sick of snow now. Oh really? How's your week been, Goose? Just, what just no. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. So let's let's back up just a little bit. Say that one more time. You are sick of snow. I am. I'm ready for okay. summer. So, oh, good, good. So, do I hear an "I told you so" coming along? No. Okay. Now, don't forget when it snows. You said that you would write my name, Goose, in yellow in the snow and post pictures on our Facebook page. I never said that. Yes, you did. I didn't say that. Oh, yes. I don't recall. Yes, you did. It was like, I think, in show before last. You, you know said what? you How's would do that. Week been? Let's change the subject. My week has been good. My week has been good. Uh, things have been busy. Uh, things were busy at the cookie factory and then here at the bunker. You know, Papa had some people come in and put some new lighting uh, up in the bunker for us. Papa did? Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. So, you know. And my grandfather, he does not care a bit for us to use his bunker for the show. He, uh, Says, you know, he's glad somebody's getting to use it and stuff right now. Well, that Cold War nuke never happened, so. Okay. Well, Ned is back with us. We're going to say hello to Ned. Well, hello. Thank you very much, Ned, for being here this Sunday. We've had people asking about you. Greetings, um, Ned. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Why does <clears> your face look like that? It's called perfection. He was, uh, he was born that way, man. He was born that way. Okay. That, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what has Ned said today? Nothing. Okay. So, today's installment of Ned Said was the word nothing. So, so should we, uh, whenever we say nothing today, should we scream and shout? No, because this is not Pee Wee's Playhouse. This is here to chew bubblegum. No, no. 
<laughs> Are you sure? That yeah. I'm going to start out and read some listener email. I don't think you should do nothing. Tony from yeah. Ohio writes. <laughs> it's exciting. Are you ready? No, no. I, I, am, I am glad to see you in a good mood today. We should say, we should do that. Whenever Ned says a word, Ned said nothing. See, but that's not how they did it on Peewee's Playhouse. They would have to Woo! say the word. See, I said it again. <clears throat> All right, Jombie. <laughs> Let's uh, start out with some listener email. Tony from Ohio says, Hello, here to Chew Bubblegum. Last week's show was was great, guys. Um, Elliot is doing great in his segment, and I really enjoyed it. A, a few weeks ago, on January 11th, I saw a UFO near my home. I had a long day at work and was almost home. About a mile from my house, I saw an object hovering in the sky about 100 feet off the ground. It had red lights all the way around it. I pulled off the road and watched the object for about three minutes. After that, it completely vanished before my eyes. I just wanted to share my story with you, Roswell. That's pretty cool. Yes, yes yeah, it and, is. And, and he's absolutely right. Elliot has uh, has been killing it. He is an excellent addition to the show. Uh, good job, Elliot. And I'm curious to know where that... Um, UFO sighting took place because there has been several uh, several sightings lately um, locally. Mm-hmm. So I'm just yeah, there was one uh, I think last Sunday evening from Electric County from the Hemp Hill area. Yeah. A lady posted a picture on Facebook. Yeah, I, I would be so. curious as to know where that's from. Well, he's, he's uh, from Ohio. If you'd listened when I first read the email, Tony does from it, Ohio. Does it say Ohio so. or just does it say like, you know. It says, oh, it says Ohio. It says Mud Creek, Ohio. Cincinnati. Mud Creek, Ohio. Okay, Mud Creek, Ohio. Where's that at? In Ohio? Nothing. Yeah! <laughs> <clears throat> Who's your first email from? Cat. Okay. From Washington. And she says, uh, well, I guess that's sexist. Cat could be a he or she, couldn't it? How could it be a he? I don't know. Cat man? Could be. Could be. So, uh, Cronkite Goose, Ned, and Elliot. My grandmother is from your area. It's been a while uh, since I've been there. A long time ago, when I was 10, I was staying the summer with my grandmother. It had just gotten dark, and I was in the backyard. In the distance, I saw a large, hairy creature step into the tree line. As I walked out the back door, I froze in my tracks, not sure of what I'd saw. It was something that I'd never forgotten. I'd like to see you do videos in an attempt to find proof of Bigfoot. Why were you spying on that little girl in her backyard and then walked into the tree line? I was getting ready to say that was probably Ned said back there. (coughs) See, Uh, I I said you, so, you know. Well, that's terrible. Okay. She did say Harry. You are Harry. It would be funny if your last name was Couch. Then you'd be a Harry Couch. Why not Harry Ford? What? Mm-hmm. Philip from the UK says, Hello, here to Chew Bubblegum. My name is Philip, and I live in the United Kingdom. The article below appeared in the January 10th edition uh, from the local newspaper in my village. I thought I'd share it with you and your listeners and hope that you enjoy it. An elite group of SAS soldiers is being trained to tackle a, a range of alternative threats, including the possibility of contact with extraterrestrials. Well, that's pretty neat. Uh, the elite soldiers are trained to use non-lethal weapons against a variety of potential threats, including aliens. The SAS has been prepared, or has to be prepared for anything and any threat. Uh, the SAS soldiers can even, or can use a range of non-lethal weapons 
uh, one which includes spraying foam, uh, which covers its target uh, and hardens rapidly, preventing them from moving. Troopers or troops are understood to have trained alongside U.S. Special Forces in America. Um, the source also added, most people believe that life on other planets exists. Uh, even Einstein said in 1920, why should Earth be the only planet supporting human life? If you believe in that, then you must accept that uh, alien life presents a threat. So you need to plan for it. Well, thank you very much, Philip. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, it's always better people be prepared. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, Elizabeth from Kentucky says, Hey, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot. I'm new to the show and just want to say that you guys do a good job, and I look forward to more shows and enjoy your show. The interview with John Vance was great last week. I look forward to hearing from him again. He seems uh, to have a lot of great stories. I also agree with Cronkite. You need to get merchandise. So... I I never merch, said we baby, didn't merch. need to get merchandise. I just you know where did where 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 did disagreement on how we should uh, design the merchandise? We should uh, we should make clothing <laughs> and hats. We, well, definitely, even, definitely even, shirts. Maybe even bumper stickers. We'll definitely do shirts. Uh, since you read two, I'm gonna go ahead and read another one. Read it. Benjamin from Virginia says, "Hey, oh, this is a question for Ned." Ah. Hey, Ned, I just wanted to check on you. I missed you on the show last week. I'd like to hear an in-depth Elliot's articles on Roswell. So, well, Ned, you are back, and Benjamin was worried about you. So, uh, where were you at last week? I was doing some research. Okay. So, a few weeks ago, you was gone. Uh, you was on a trip. Then you had massive case of diarrhea, and last week you were doing the research. Do you mind if we ask what what you were doing research on? What caused diarrhea? Oh, and did you find out? Uh, yes. It was Cronkite's cooking. Oh, well. Cronkite's I cooking. No, I had no issue with it. So. Uh, Missy from Kentucky says, Hey, guys, this question is for Ned, uh, and I know that it's been asked before. Ned, when will you appear on the midweek show, Roswell? That'll be a mystery. Be a mystery. On the midweek show. Okay. Uh, can, can we hold you to that? Yeah, but not on time. Uh, no, no, but, but when you least expect it, that could be like next week. Or it could be a year. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Wesley from New Jersey writes, Hi, here to Chew Bubblegum. I'm new, and over the past two and a half years, I've been recording angelic activity above in the sky and in the garden state of uh, north New Jersey. I see ghost orbs in broad daylight along with small-sized angels who in warmer weather swirl around in our yard as fairies. I have videos. They are definitely multi-dimensional and I watch them as they zip all over the place heading elsewhere. Brilliant balls of light that sometimes sparkle. <clears throat> I have some speaking videos of my experiences and receive messages from angels from time to time, mainly cueing all of us, cluing all of us in on how this world works. So far, I've been note-taking and researching tons, Roswell. Thank you very much, uh, Wesley from New Jersey. Well, that is pretty cool. He said that he had um, video mm -hmm. uh, and been taking notes. So I would be curious as to how the world is supposed to work 
and I want to see these videos. I think that would be awesome. So, Wesley, uh, email back, send us a link to your videos. Absolutely, that'd be cool. So, a while back, we had a, a listener email us. Uh, well, we couldn't figure out how to pronounce her name, Tanya or Tanya. I knew how to pronounce her name. Well, I mean, it's, it was Tanya. No, it not, was Tanya. No, yes. Now, uh, she every time she messages us <coughs> and sends an email, she puts. Dude, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you. But uh, you've got two white hairs coming out of your mustache, right at the top of it, and everything else is black. And it's like, at first I thought you had a big booger there, but now I see it's just two white hairs. It's, uh, I'm sorry. Just uh, go ahead and read your email. It's old age. I mean, okay. Kind of sucks. So Tanya uh-huh. from Kentucky says, "Love the show. The teeter section, the interview, Elliot's article. The what section? Teeter. Teeter. Okay. Yeah. Remember we did that. Yeah. I thought you said something else there for a minute. What you think I said? I thought you said titty. It's not even close to what I said. Well, they, 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 it, it, listen to the playback. It kind of sounded like you said titty. I love the titty section. Maybe that's what I said. <laughs> didn't, didn't I sound like you said titty? See, see, Ned even agrees. Take two. Tanya from Kentucky says, love the show, the teeter section, the interview, Elliot's articles, all were great. Please keep up the great work. I can't wait for a roundtable discussion. Can I suggest Skinwalker Ranch for the topic? Or, uh, if you're looking for something closer to home, can I suggest Waverly Hills, Roswell? I like I like Skinwalker Ranch. Well, you know, when we do do a roundtable, we'll probably have a couple of topics to talk about and discuss. So, and we may try to do one of those at the end of March, first part of April. That'd be exciting. So, are you going to set in with us, Ned, on our roundtable discussion shows? We'll have Elliot in the studio. We'll have somebody else in with us. Okay, so we get to mic you up then, right? Okay. Timothy from Kentucky writes, I find it incredible that they were able to create multiple vaccines within six to nine months with 90% or more protection rates, supposedly when they were never able to make vaccine for czars. We've had a flu vaccine recently that was listed as 50% uh, effective in comparison. Either they had this vaccine already to go all along, or the protection rate is nowhere near that high. Personally, I won't be taking any vaccines. I just wanted to share my thoughts with you at Here to Chew Bubblegum. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. You have no comment? No comment. Okay. What about you? I have no comment. No comment. Moving on. Prince from West Virginia. Hello, Goose, Cronkite, and Ned. I have been been busy a lot lately. Wait, wait, wait. You have to back up. His name was Prince. Mm -hmm. So how, how does it start out? Hello, Goose, Cronkite, and Ned. Hello, Goose, Cronkite. All right. Now, see, if I would have got that email, I would have been like, Hello, Goose, Cronkite, and Ned. It's Prince from West Virginia. That's the difference between you and I. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I have been busy a lot lately with weaving and... Weaving? What? Did you read that right? I'm trying to make sure I did. Okay. I have been busy a lot lately. Weaving and other stuff as well as people getting... Into conniptions about vaccines and Trumps. I don't know what weaving is. What you is don't weaving? know what weaving is? I don't know what weaving is. Is it like... It's like knitting. Oh. Why don't you just say knitting? Because he's not knitting, he's weaving. As much as I would hate Thank you very <laughs> much, Prince, from West Virginia for writing in. I'm sorry that Cronkite's butchering your email. I mean, I can start over. Do you want to start over? Yeah, go ahead. Prince from West Virginia. Hello, Goose Cronkite and Ned. I have been 
I'm not doing that. I'm not doing <sighs> uh, okay, it. Okay, okay. I can't. I can't do a, a passable prince in, uh, interpretation. Okay. All right. My voice don't go that high. <clears throat> but you did pretty good. Thank you. Um, I have been busy a lot lately with weaving, which is also knitting. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, and other stuff as well as people getting into conniptions about vaccines and Trump. Uh, as much as I would heart, uh, heartily debate with them. Here is a dream I recently had. After a trip with my mom, I drank a tea after getting out of bed. This reminds me of drinking Kool-Aid, but with a with <laughs> a acidic taste. Uh, then China invaded U.S. Save for one part of the U.S. and we were told to use Chinese money for food. Yeah, it's weird. I know it's I know it is, but uh, thought that I'd share it with you. Well, thank you very much, Prince from West Virginia, for uh, sharing that with us. That's an interesting uh, dream. Uh, what do you think that would mean? There you go. <laughs> Good point, Ned. And if you couldn't hear Ned, Ned said, don't drink Kool-Aid or tea from West Virginia. That's a fact. That's a, that's a good one. No, no, I'm out. All right, I've got two more. Grady from Texas says, great show last week. The John Vance and Elias articles uh, segments were fascinating. Uh, I've not watched the midweek show yet, but I'm really enjoying those too. Keep making that eat candy, Roswell. I'm eat, assuming he said ear candy. Yeah. However, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to start. I would like to watch you eat candy. It's not good. It's not. A, it's not a pretty sight. It's it's very loud. There is debris everywhere. Oh, I I know because I clean up after you every Sunday. Fact. Jessica from Kentucky. Hello, guys. I thought a good additional segment uh, to the show maybe. To have someone do book reviews in regards to paranormal, time travel, UFO, the unexplained, etc. Roswell. Well, we do have a mystery guest named J.R.M. with us. I mean, <clears throat> just nod your head. Would you be interested in doing book reviews? No? You sure? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty... See, all right, so the, the, the issue you know I called you J.R. because you got that cowboy hat on. The issue... The issue uh, that I would have... Uh, the only issue that I have with that is uh, it would be very difficult for us to prep the show, read books, uh, well, work, I mean, work our jobs, yeah, and, yeah. and still be able to and, and give it. Let, let Plus, you you really don't like reading, right? I'd much rather have an audible book, or audio book, but audible, audible book. I'd rather have an edible I'd book. I'd rather have an edible book. Uh, is there a gas leak in the bunker today? No. Um, no. All right. But what I'm saying is, like, we wouldn't be able to do it justice. The to give it proper um, justice. Proper justice. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to give it justice to we do it proper justice. We wouldn't be able to give the books uh, the credit that they deserve. All right. Well, you know, maybe if we have somebody listening that would like to do book reviews, you don't have to do audio book reviews. You can do written reviews. We can put that on the website. Yeah, edible book reviews. Uh, not edible. Audible, like you said. And... Uh, Edible is something that you eat. Audible is what you listen to. I was just messing around with you. You had it right the first time when you said it. Never mind. If uh, anyone wants to do book reviews, if you do want to do audio book reviews, you can do that, or you can do uh, written book reviews. Uh, Just email us. They can always send their emails, questions, whatever, to uh, tell them the email addresses. You can send it to us. Uh, You can send it to Goose. His email address is goose at here at chewbubblegum.com. I have an email address. Mm-hmm. It's cronkite at here at chewbubblegum.com. Elliot and Ned also have emails. Yes. You can email here to chewbubblegum at yahoo.com. Uh, attention, Ned or Elliot. 
Uh, you can also message us on the Facebook page. You can call, uh, leave a text, voicemail on our phone, 606-373-3396. Uh, Jessica, you know, maybe uh, would you be interested in, in, in doing that? Maybe, maybe reach you know, out to us. Yeah, it, yeah, if you are, that might be something. Uh, we're going to attempt to call a guy on the show right now that called a few weeks ago, and we had a phone problem we're attempting right now to uh, contact him back. The phone is ringing. Hopefully, everything will sound good. And Hello, could I speak to uh, Jerry, please? Hey, how are you doing, Goat Boy? This is Goose. You are on the show here to chew bubblegum with Goose and Cronkite, Ned and JR. Okay, man, what's going on? Ah, not much, not much. We got our phone issues lined out, and I was going to call you back because you'd called a few weeks ago talking about Bigfoot in Nicholasville. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot, Bigfoot's in wet, well, it's all over Kentucky, man. So. Has, has there been any updates to the Bigfoot? Check that out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm convinced that Bigfoot's like paranormal. I know a lot of people think it's like a big animal, but I'm like, ah, no, it's more like a ghost, man. But you know, it's still a scary ghost. You know, I don't I don't want to see a 900 pound, seven foot tall, hairy thing. You know. Well, <laughs> uh, I don't either. But you know, usually every Sunday, Cronkite's sitting right beside me, so I have to look at that for two or three hours. It's a hairy ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I just wanted to give you a call back, Jerry, and just tell you thanks for your support, for listening to the show, for calling in there a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm sorry that we didn't have everything lined out last week to call you. Uh, like I said, you know, we are uh, taping the show right now. Oh, trust me. Well, you know, as some of your listeners may or may not know, Goose has been into indie filmmaking, and man, that's literally like fly-by-your-pants kind of kind of endeavors like uh like um uh I'll, I'll let you in on a little tidbit i've been helping george Bedell on his little uh western shows right right and uh <laughs> and he has this like little gun shooting location uh it's out past berea called guntown or something yeah yeah and we're and we were you know pre-covid but we were out there we were shooting and all of a sudden, randomly, bikers randomly showed up at this gun sh- show where we were shooting. So it's one of those things like, yeah, that's one of those indie film things you can never predict. We will have <laughs> bikers showing up at a gun town right here. Oh, yeah. Right on the same day you're shooting. Uh, well, Jerry, um, I had contacted you a few months back. Um, we, we're, we're definitely going to have you as a guest on a show in the future, and hopefully, when things get back to or- back get back to normal, we will see you at some conventions uh, because we'll oh, definitely yeah. be there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm definitely a, a, a part of that. I mean, and, um, and uh, yeah, I don't want to bring up any craziness, but it, uh, we were talking about Darkwoods, and that always, you know, I have a you know nostalgic thing for. Oh Darkwoods. yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. That that was probably uh, one of the best shows I'd ever been to. I would have had more fun if I hadn't helped put it together and had to work it. But I still had a good time. Yeah, 
true story uh, for your listeners. Uh, me and my friend Pat were thinking about doing a paranormal convention, and we were actually talking about it on the way to Darkwoods. We were like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And after the convention, I turned to him. I said, hey, man, do you still want to do that? We're like, no, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you guys seen how much work it was and start, smartened up. Yeah, we saw all the work that, that you guys were doing, and we were like, I, I don't want to deal with that, man. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. What's, what's, uh, Uh, we're just we're just we we just opened the show up and just uh, read some listener text. Uh, we uh, are going to do some shout outs today throughout the show for Valentine's Day. Do you want to give a shout out to your better half and your and your daughter for Valentine's Day? Yes, yes, I'm giving a, a shout out a shout out to um, to uh, Amanda uh, to to Maya, my daughter. I'll give a shout out to uh, Tucky, of course, and uh, several other people. Oh, Holly, of course, and uh, all the cool, cool people in my life and in my fictional life too. There you go. I'll give a shout out to the queen, the queen of the unicorns, too, man. <laughs> all right, thank you very much, Jerry, for taking a minute to chat with us, and uh, be sure to check out the show this evening. This interview will be on it, and you have a great day, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. See you. And uh, that was uh, Jerry uh, Goat Boy Williams with Goat Boy Films. Goat Boy. Yep. Uh, you want to go ahead and read some of these shout outs and absolutely. then we'll take a break? I'm absolutely down for reading. Okay. Uh, we Derek Tatera says. Okay, yeah. Do you want me to set it up or you just want to dive right into it? Let's go for it. Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and I meant to post this earlier this week. Uh, just, you know, where today is Valentine's Day if you wanted to submit a shout-out, basically. So uh, Maybe we should uh, throw that on our Facebook page. I already did. I mean, like for today as well as what we're recording right now, if they want to. Yeah. Do you care to do that, Ned? Just update that you can text a shout-out to that someone special. Uh, Derek Tatera says, Happy Valentine's Day to my beautiful bride. I love you more each day. Roger DeConning, happy Valentine's Day. That sounds good. We'll stop right there and save some more for the rest of the show. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to talk about government documents, uh, declassified documents, and a uh, story that uh, was circulating yesterday that the Pentagon admits it has been testing wreckage from UFO crashes, and their findings may change our lives forever. Fantastic. Yeah, you're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Only on Here to Chew Bubblegum Network. That works. How do you like that? I, I like it. made that up. What do you think? I like that. What do you think? Very creative. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Goose from Here to Chew Bubblegum. I want to tell you about my friend T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomShirts.com. T-Shirt Joe is your go-to guy for all your custom work. Also, you can check out their website and find artist originals, college shirts, comics, Famous Folk, Fetish, Military, Movie Shirts, Occupations, Podcast and Website Shirts, plus he has face masks and many other items over at FastCustomShirts.com. While there at their website, you can sign up for their newsletter. 
or you can give Joe a call at area code 361-814-9212. That's 361-814-9212 to contact my friend T-Shirt Joe at fastcustomshirts.com. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. If Abraham Lincoln were alive, he'd listen, but he's dead. Dan, welcome back. Here to Chew Bubblegum on Here to Chew Bubblegum Nation. I am Cronkite. That man sitting next to me is Goose. Of course, over in the corner, as always, that is Ned said, Ned the man, Ned the janitor, Ned the producer. And we also got J.I. And we have J.I. or J.R.? J.I. J.I. Ewan. Ewan all. J.I. So, Goose? Yes. Tell us about it. Uh, we're going to open up this first segment talking, and I've got several different things printed off. I might not get through all of them. If not, we'll save those. Uh, just basically some uh, declassified uh, government documents and so forth. Uh, I'm going to start out with one that was posted on our Facebook page yesterday. <clears throat> the Pentagon admits it has been testing wreckage from UFO crashes, and the findings may change our lives forever. Experts say the Pentagon has admitted to holding and testing wreckage from UFO crashes in a bombshell Freedom of Information letter shared with The Sun. So that is a tabloid, but we've talked about before on the show. Sometimes, you know, those aren't controlled by the media, so some of the stuff that they do print could be legit. So uh, the report goes on to say that researcher Anthony uh, Braglia. Braglia. Maybe that could be our new word of the day. Wrote to the Defense uh, Intelligence Agency requesting details on all UFO material, which they hold as a result of any tests that they have been carrying out. He wrote, This would include any physical debris recovered by personnel from the Department of Defense as residue, shot off material, or crash material from UAPs or unidentified flying objects. In response shared with the Sun, the DIA released 154 pages of test uh, results that included reports on a mysterious memory metal called, oh, well, we have a text. Uh, You want to read over that, and we will, uh, let me finish this, and uh, I will, uh, you can save that. Uh, anyway, the uh, DIA released 154 pages of uh, text results that included reports on mysterious uh, memory metal called Natilio, uh, which remembers, or um, yeah, it says uh, remembers here, but it should say remains in its original shape after it's folded. Uh, there's also stunning emissions from the U.S. government documents that reveal some of the retrieved debris possesses extraordinary capabilities, including the potential to make things invisible or even slow down the speed of light. The Pentagon has admitted to holding and tested uh, debris from UFOs. Uh, What does the text say? Go ahead and read it. Uh, The text says, Happy Valentine's Day to my true hero. I love you more every day, even though you are crazy as hell. Our Our life is the greatest adventure I have ever been on. I look forward to growing old with you. Okay, and it does not say who it's from or anything? It doesn't give a name. Just okay, a all right. Okay. <laughs> I know uh, uh, exactly who that was. Okay. So thank you very much. Happy Valentine's Day to you as well. And uh, thank you guys for uh, messaging in like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, going on with this story, uh, they've been able to learn some things about the materials construction, which holds a tremendous promise Four futuristic materials that will change our lives forever. 
Uh, the request for information was first made in 2017, and it took them three years to fulfill the request, which gives me hope for my request in the right. Painesville versus UFO incident. Yeah, been two yeah. Uh, the article mentioned that the debris from the UFO now called UAPs was being analyzed by a private defense contractor. Uh, material evidence such as UFO debris has been the focus of the research, and uh, the report goes on to say that. The material being tested could have come from the Roswell crash of 1947 in which a UFO crashed in the New Mexico desert. Uh, the inconclusion of advanced technical reports on the uh, material Ninatelia is curious. Ninatelia is a shaped memory that remains, that remembers its, okay, so it did say remembers, remembers its original shape when folded or crunched and snaps back seamlessly and instantly i have heard about that believe it or not um so the and those freedom of information act like i said if you're interested in that go to our facebook page and check out the uh, link that someone left and you can read the um, freedom of information act request um fbi documents claims that the u.s government brought down extra extraterrestrial extraterrestrial craft with bodies inside apollo 13 astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell once told the world that, yes, there has been a crash craft and bodies were recovered. He even seen that making the statement in the documentary uh, that Eric W. Davis, a renowned uh, scientist who worked with the Pentagon and the UFO program, gave him a classified briefing or gave a classified briefing to the Department of Defense as recently as March 2020 about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Now, what I find interesting about that is when they released the videos in April, they specifically said that the government's response was, these off-world vehicles was not made from this earth. That was a quote that they said. Uh, let's see. Uh, it just goes on to say that a document that made some noise within mainstream media in 2013 due to the fact that it's been viewed more than one million times, according to the FBI, is their most viewed document, and it reads as follows. It was written by Guy Hottle, who was the head of the FBI's field office in Washington at the time, and he addressed the letter to FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. Many believe that the memo is based on a hoax and that it was carried out to convince the con man named Silas Newton. Who really knows? Uh, at the end of the day, one thing is certain. We know that these objects are here, they're real, and this is happening now, mentioned at the beginning of the article. Um... This has been going on for 70 years. Uh, what has been discovered today, to me, crashed craft represents a loss of life, and it's not something to be happy about. In fact, these events, in my opinion, are quite sad. The final thoughts on the mainstream media UFO disclosure is exploding after decades of long campaigns of ridicule and secrecy. Many people are concerned about this, given the fact that they trust the government as well as big media that has fallen and continues to do so. Uh, this says, in my opinion, this is not my opinion, that's what it says. In my opinion, that's because media outlets are notorious for controlling our perception of various events and issues. And that's why we made that comment a little bit earlier as to the report on uh, The Sun. Okay. So, not well, The Sun, but The Sun magazine. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, that, that makes sense because, I mean, there is absolutely, um, without a doubt, probably government or not government but maybe just control of information 
being let out or uh, you know just what the mainstream or you know what what everyday public can see uh, you, you look at uh, what's going on politically you know we, we're not talking about politics here but right with Facebook YouTube Twitter things like that censoring certain people um, you know that, that that stuff definitely happens I totally agree with you I've got two more here but I'm gonna save one I'll uh, save one this next one I'm going to read says that the, the uh, declassified CIA document claims Carl June accused the U.S. Air Force of covering up the truth about UFOs. A documented archive from the CIA from 1959 and later declassified states that the U.S. Air Force uh, has covered up UFOs. Fast forward to 2021, and we now know that the Air Force and other agencies have surrounded this topic with secrecy. I totally agree with that. It's time to let the uh, cat out of the bag, so to speak. Jr., how are you feeling? You look a little bit uh, pink. You lost your color. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Jr. You okay? You can nod your head. All right. You look like you're, you're not about to puke, are you? Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Roscoe Hill Kittner was the first director of the Central Intelligence Agency, and he once said, it's time for the truth to be brought out. Behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officials are soberly concerned about UFOs, but through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are led to believe that the unknown flying objects are nonsense. I urge immediate congressional action to reduce the dangers from secrecy about unidentified flying objects. He said this decades ago, and this popular document also mentions... And it reads as follows. This is a reply to a letter dated August 6, criticizing Dr. Carl June for his belief in flying saucers and his charges that the U.S. Air Force has been covering up the truth about these objects. I would like to point out that Dr. June is not the person of integrity or reputation to make such charges. He is merely the latest. Uh, exactly the same charge has been made by Admiral uh, Fannery, former director of the Naval Guided Missile Research Program, uh, the former chief of the Central Intelligence Agency. Both of these men would be in the position to know how much the Air Force investigation of flying saucers really found. Um, so the piece that was written from a well-known UFO researcher, keep in mind the document was from 1959, it's now 2021, how much was discovered and kept from the public uh, the director says Project Blue Book suggests that the U.S. Air Force knew what these objects were. Fast forward to today, and we now have abundant evidence that we are being contacted, that civilizations have been visiting us for a long time. Dr. Brian O'Leary, former NASA astronaut and Princeton psychics professor, said something that it pointed out there is it pointed out Project Blue Book. And I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show just because I failed to forget when we've talked about Project Blue Book. Mm -hmm. But you know one UFO case that is not mentioned in Project Blue Book? You said Roswell? Roswell yep. is not mentioned in Project Blue Book. Well, didn't Project Blue Book start after Roswell? Yes, but it started because of Roswell. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting something, why would you not start your first case with why your project was created for? Because they found something there. Exactly. So uh, this goes on to say that UFOs have gone mainstream, that the same information is being uh, emphasized. Uh, let's see. Uh, the UFO footage was uh, recently shown last April, and it was from 2002. That's where one of them was from. What's your take on that? 
I, I think that's um, that whole segment was very interesting. Something that I think is, you know, and I love to read the classic documents. Mm-hmm. I love to. I, I I don't like reading so much from them. I'd rather read and then talk about them. You know how we usually do. Sure. Uh, I find it fascinating that since last April, and that's what how many months ago? Like ten months ago. Yeah. You've got all these people coming out now with old letters that have been leaked. That have been you know you've got all of them coming out, and I I, I think that they're doing that in a step to prepare people for uh, disclosure. Well, and that's what I was going to say is you know we we've been we've been basically been softened up for the last 20 years or so uh, with the introduction of several uh, UFO alien related shows topics uh, documentaries uh, ancient aliens you know mm-hmm. they've always been here kind of thing and, and now of course like you say these these leaks classified unclassified declassified yeah, unclassified, declassified. What was the face? I, I took a drink of soda. Was it good? Yeah, it was really good. I, that was a very good face. Thank you. Uh, That's what she said. I have a text. Okay. <clears throat> said, I'd like to wish my wife, Sheila King, my daughters, Megan Megan King, Ashley, uh, Justice, uh, Justice and uh, Chardonia? Chardon- Chardonia. Okay. Uh, Low, my grandchildren Lacey, Lexi, Gabe, and Jasmine, and my beautiful mother-in-law Phyllis Campbell, a very happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, thank you for writing in and wishing them a happy Valentine's Day. Um, let's see. Let's read another shout out here. Uh, go ahead and read that one. Julia to Randy says, "Happy Valentine's Day to my husband. Have a good day." Rachel to Tommy says, "Today." Is the day for lovers. Thanks for coming into my life and making me whole. That's so sweet. We're going to take a break and come back with news. We're going to mic Ned up in the meantime. Uh, don't forget you're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Uh, be sure to check out our website. I'm uh, at a loss for words at the faces Ned's making. But we'll be right back for Ned's first time mic'd up on Here to Chew Bubblegum. Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies. Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure, that sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. DeadPit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are the goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. We come in peace. Aliens land in our area. Right. What are some of the people on weekends going to get drunk and do? Shoot it. They're going to go out. <laughs> and, I'm going to go out here and shoot at this ship. Our next email is from Cronkite Lover from North Carolina. Uh, hey, now. <laughs> uh, Cronkite, you are ear and eye candy. Be sure to check out HereToChewBubbleGum.com. And welcome back. We are back. We're going to, uh, do you want me to pause and we'll play your country song for your news intro or do you just want to go straight into news? I'll play the country song for sure. 
Okay. We're going to take a break. Pause for what just a second. What is wrong with you people? With Cronkite on here to chew some bubble gum. No, we're reading texts. I got texts. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead and read your text there. Shout out text. All right. So the one that we just got about um, wishing his wife, his mother-in-law, also messaged back and said, I also, I see, oh, and I almost forgot to uh, my great friend Cronkite. That's me. That's you. Uh Happy Valentine's Day to you, bro, because I guarantee I forget. Uh, if I forgot to tell you, then you're definitely not going to hear it from anybody else. Always in your corner, my friend. There you go. Thank you very much. It's a good one. Happy Valentine's Will Day Will you hand me that you. pen there? Uh, and then we got another one that's... Uh... Read it to us. <laughs> okay. My name is Lunchbox, and I'd like to give a shout-out to my baby mama, Miss Jen, whose uh, booty is extra large which is why I call it Only Built for Cuban Links. Happy Valentine's Day, baby doll. Thanks very much, uh, Lunchbox. Uh, let's see, to Vicky, words will never express what you mean to me. These last few months have made me realize that I am blessed. Love, Nate. That's probably the sweetest one we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, Katrina to Albert, happy Valentine's Day, gorgeous. Go ahead, what's in the news, Cronkite? All right, so as I read last week, Maine is apparently a UFO hotspot now for some recent documents. Do tell, do tell. So, with official reports stretching back to at least 1946, Maine UFO sightings are nothing new. They're not even rare. In the past 40 years, UFO investigators, the federal government, and Bangor Daily News recorded nearly 1,000 such reports. The latest was last month, and recent data shows sightings on a steady rise since 2018. With a noticeable spike during the initial pandemic lockdown, numbers are expected to climb still higher in 2021. One analyst ranks Maine fourth in the nation in UFO visitations. Whether you believe it or not, the numbers don't lie. Maine is a UFO report uh, hotspot, and it's getting hotter. Maine's earliest unidentified flying object report uh, in the Reporting Center archives dates to the first summer after World War II. A woman and her husband were eating lunch near the shore in South Portland, when she had the overwhelming feeling of being watched, the unidentified woman then took out, or then looked out into the blue, into the blue daytime sky over the sea. She saw a hovering dark oval shape. As she laid eyes on it, it shot straight up and out of sight, like it got caught, like, wow. like a peeping tom running away. You know, <clears throat> I wouldn't know about that, but you would. That's uncalled for. <clears throat> I'm sorry. We- Oh, okay. I'll, I'll just edit this part out. Okay. I'm not going Over the years, Online out. Freedom of Information Act activists uh, at the Black Vault obtained 713 files containing 3,493 pages of declassified CIA documents surrounding UFO investigations and research. In 2020, they finished scanning the often badly photocopied sheets and converting them into searchable text. Now they're on the internet, free for download. Contained inside is a 1952 memo to the CIA director detailing a UFO sighting over Loring Air Force Base in Limestone. The sighting helped spark Project Blue Book. 
the government's third and final in-depth investigation into unexplained aerial phenomena. It lasted until 1970. The limestone event occurred on the night of October 10, 1952, from 11 p.m. until 3 a.m. Weather observers at the base saw a circular orange object with four green lights nearby. The sighting instruments uh, recorded the object at an altitude higher than any known aircraft could fly. Initial explanations indicated airmen probably saw Saturn and its moons. Later, consulting astronomer J. Allen Hynek uh, concluded it was another planet. Uh, in the 1960s and 70s, nighttime mystery sightings were regularly reported in Bangor, um, in, reported in the Bangor Daily News, uh, and on February 18, 1961, two front-page headlines blared, Sportsman Mystified by Red, White Beams of Light in the Sky and is Air Force hiding UFO data. In the uh, March 24, 1966 edition, carried a story uh, out on front uh, concerning John King, a local man who uh, fired four 22 caliper bullet, or 22 caliper pistol shots at a UFO in Bangor. Bang, bang. And then, <laughs> and he fought, it was four, bang, 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 bang. Okay. That's fine. Sorry. Uh, then walked into a police station and made a report. King told police it was orange, shaped like a deflated football, and he could hear it scraping across nearby bushes as it passed at low altitude. King later told the National Investigations Committee of Aerial Phenomena that, the, that the, as the craft got closer, his car lights dimmed and the radio stopped playing. Police received two other reports of similar UFOs that night. One of the most infamous cases of outright alien abduction reported uh, reportedly happened to four men on the Allagash River canoe trip in August of 1976. Uh, one of the men later recanted, but the rest have stuck to their harrowing story of enduring unpleasant extraterrestrial probing and testing. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, main UFO reports slowed down, but no longer made the news or spurred official investigations. That changed with the dawn of the digital age. In 2000, the reporting center received just three sightings, uh, accounts from Maine, by, four, by 2014, that number had risen to 52, a 1,633% increase. Um, I mean, so Maine is on the coast. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, we've, we've talked about it. That's, yes. Um, you know, a lot Going of the, near a lot, the a lot bodies of, of water. Yeah, a lot of the coastal states are getting uh, these sightings <coughs> these because, you know, bodies of water, we think. Um, I totally agree with you. So, moving on, you uh, see CIA declassifies more than 700 documents about UFO sightings and research dating, dating back to the 1970s. According to a report by the Daily Mail, the dossier filled with files of unidentified aerial phenomena was published on the Black Vault website on Thursday. The founder of the Black Vault, John Greenwald Jr., has spent the last 20 years suing the CIA to release the records, records and then scanning all the pages. According to the New York Post, the CIA has claimed that they have now provided all information on UAPs that they have. Sure, uh, sure they have. <laughs> exactly. The release comes four month, or comes months before the Pentagon was due to a brief Congress on all they know about UAP. The report uh, adds that the demands for information on alien life increased so much that the CIA eventually complied into onto or compiled into onto a CD-ROM that was obtained by Greenwald and uplo- uploaded to the website into multiple downloadable PDFs. <coughs> uh, so a UFO spotted behind a lighthouse on the Outer Banks. Kind of okay. Of the so 
this is what the third yeah in just a couple of weeks yeah, isn't the third it? North so. Carolina story we've talked about a lively debate has erupted on social media over the video that appears to show an unidentified flying object <coughs> last week over North Carolina's Outer Banks it looks a lot like a meteor but photographer Wes Steiner says that that's only because he sped up the video the object was visible for just under three minutes total so I doubt it was a meteor or shooting star uh, as those typically only last a few seconds the object also appears to have corners in some of the time-lapse photos. Snyder says, uh, who is well-known in the Carolinas for coastal photography, shared a video on Facebook and YouTube. Um, I don't know why I said Snyder says. I'm, I apologize. Uh, and YouTube in hopes of getting sensible explanations. Uh, the result has been 300-plus comments, 600 shares, and 1,500 reactions. The video was recorded around 10.30 p.m. on January 7th, he says. I uh, spent a night at the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse shooting time-lapse photos in order to create an upcoming video, while I was looking through my footage, I realized that there was something in the video that I could not explain, he wrote on Facebook. It's much larger than your typical plane, it appears, and is moving way faster than the clouds. Snyder says the best explanation is that uh, it may be space junk or a satellite burning up in the atmosphere. Uh, so commenters from Facebook uh, says, that area is sacred ground. I've always felt that way, the graveyard of the Atlantic. Uh, also says, I have seen a lot of weird things on the coast at night. Uh, another one, another guest says, uh, a spaceship, aliens crash landing. There is no other possible explanation. <coughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. North Carolina's coast is well known for reported UFO sightings. Uh, large segments of the Outer Banks are, under, are uh, undeveloped, and the lack of light pollution allows for extended viewing of the night sky. Uh, add to that the ocean reflection. Uh, light and you have a perfect mix for strange sightings and the moment we've all been waiting for alright All right. so we're going to introduce uh, our uh, well he's not really a guest he's with us most of the yeah, time yeah Ned uh, Ned from the corner how are we doing today Ned pretty good how are you I'm doing alright so I've got the top 10 conspiracy theories Ooh, yeah amazing. I know and then you are our resident conspiracy <laughs> theorist so I want to get, get your take on what's going on here okay, okay. So the first one is the 9-11 conspiracies. Oh, Lord. What do you think about that? Just straight out of the gate, what's your honest opinion? Well, there's so many different avenues you can go down. There's a bunch of rabbit holes. I'm telling you. All right. So the evidence is overwhelming that the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, were indeed the result of a conspiracy. Uh, there's no doubt about it. A close or even cursory look at the evidence makes it clear that it was carefully planned and executed by conspirators. The question, of course, is who those conspirators were. Osama bin Laden and the crew of mostly Saudi hijackers were uh, part, part of the conspiracy, but what about President Bush and Vice President Dick Cheney? Did top Bush advisors, including Paul Wolfowitz and uh, Donald Rumsfeld, either collaborate with bin Laden or intentionally allow the attacks to happen? Put another way, was it an inside job? Conspiracy theorists also believe uh, and point to the catalog of supposed inconsistencies in the official version of the, t of the attacks. Many of the technical conspiracies' claims were debunked by Popular Mechanics magazine in March of 2005, while <coughs> other claims were refuted by simple logic. Uh, if hijacked airplane did not crash into the Pentagon, as is often claimed, then where is Flight 77 and its passengers? Are, there, uh, are they the, with the Roswell aliens at the Hangar 18? In many conspiracy theories, bureaucratic incompetency is often mistaken for conspiracy. Our government is so different, uh, so efficient, knowledgeable, and capable, so the reasoning goes that it could not possibly have botched the job so badly in detecting the plot ahead of time or responding to the tax. 
uh, I find that hard to believe. I agree. Oh gosh, we don't have enough time for this. As far as the ping pong games, they say if a plane hit it, mm -hmm. you would have seen a lot more than what you did. Like, like what do you mean? What like, I'll just move the mic closer. Don't touch my mic. Well, I'm just helping you. I like, I mean, what do you mean? So, I, I've seen the the security video, and, and yeah, there's a there's a big flash, and then next thing you know, there's a little hole. They said it wasn't the plane wouldn't even fit in that hole. I may be wrong. It's been a while. I mean, that's how long ago was that? Twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago. It's 2011 or 2001. Sorry. Wow. So 2011, didn't I? Wow. Yeah, it's been been a long time. Of course, but I mean, there's so many rabbit holes you can go down. Right. So, I mean, do you believe like... Um, was it an inside job? Yeah, I mean, do, sort of do you think, I mean, well, all right, so I guess the question would be, do you believe that, from what, from what you've researched, because you are a resident conspiracy theorist, um, do you believe that um, the government knew that the attack was coming, or do you believe that they themselves collaborated and helped mastermind that attack? I don't know about all that. There's somebody behind it, but I'm not going to pinpoint on the government. Okay. Uh, let me get some stuff together. Next show, I'll I'll come back to that. There's a couple things that was intriguing, but I don't want to get into it. Like I said, it's been years ago. Okay. So. Well, we'll hold you to it. Uh, you hold me to it. All right. So, Princess Diana's murder. Have you guys heard of this? I'm not familiar with that. You all right? Do you, yeah. So, 1997, mm -hmm. she was killed. Uh, within hours of Princess <coughs> Diana's death on August 31st, 1997, in a Paris highway uh, tunnel. Conspiracy theories swirled, uh, as was the case with the death of John F. Kennedy. The idea that such a beloved and high-profile figure could be killed so suddenly was a shock. This was especially true of Princess Diana. Royalty die of old age. Political intrigue and, or eating too much rich food, they don't get killed by a common drunk driver. Unlike many conspiracy theories, though, this one had a billionaire promoting it. <coughs> Muhammad Al-Fayed the father of Dodi Al-Fayed, who was killed alongside Diana. Al-Fayed claims that uh, the accident was, in fact, an assassination by British intelligence agencies uh, at the request of the royal family. Al-Fayed's claims uh, were examined and dismissed by baseless, uh, as baseless by the 2006 inquiry. The following year, at Diana's request, the coroner stated... Following year at Diana's request, the coroner stated the conspiracy theory advanced by Muhammad Al Fayed has been minutely examined and shown to. Be How did Diana request anything if she was dead? That's, that's why I took a second take. Okay. On that. Maybe maybe it means Diana's family. Could be. Could be. Uh, on April seventh of this year, the coroner's jury concluded that Diana and Al Fayed were unlawfully killed due to negligence by their drunken chauffeur uh, and pursue and pursuing paparazzi. I really didn't get into that a whole lot. Uh, yeah. I wanted to buy a couple of Beanie Babies and put back. Well, the uh, I, what I will say is that it is strange that someone that high profile get killed in a drunk driving crash. Yeah, but, but it happens every day. Look at James Dean. Exactly. People do get killed in automobile accidents, especially if you travel at high speeds in a tunnel. It yeah. does happen, unfortunately. And what was the Paul Walker? There's another yeah, one. Indeed. Uh, so subliminal advertising. What do you think about that? You think that's a thing? Well, yeah. Yes, one hundred and ten percent. Smart thing. 
a smart thing. All right, well, you say it's a smart thing. How so? How is it not? I don't know. That's all I'm asking Just you. Read it. I'm reading. <laughs> Ever been watching a movie and suddenly get the munchies, or sitting in your sofa watching TV and suddenly get the irresistible urge to buy a new car? If so, you may be the victim of a subliminal advertising conspiracy. Proponents include Wilson Brian Key, author of Subliminal Seduction, and Vance Packard, author of The Hidden Pursuit uh, Persuaders, both of whom claim that subliminal unconscious or subconscious messages is adverti- or in advertising were rampant and damaging. Uh, though the books caused a public outcry and led to the F- FCC hearings, much of both books have been since uh, discredited and several key studies of the effects of subliminal mes- advertising excuse me, uh, were revealed to have been faked. In the 1980s, concern of subliminal messages spread to bands such as Sticks and Judas Priest, with the latter band uh, even being sued in 1990 for allegedly causing a teen suicide with subliminal messages. Uh, the case was, of course, dismissed. Subliminal mental processing does not ex- or does exist and can be tested. But just because a person perceives something, a message or advertisement, for example, subconsciously means very little by itself. Uh, there is no inherent belief of subliminal advertising over regular advertising uh, any more than there would be in seeing a flash of commercial, flash of a commercial instead of the full twenty seconds. So, all right, you were saying that it absolutely exists. How come? Oh yeah, they'll, they'll put certain colors, words, shapes into a commercial. Phrases. Just to trigger you to want. So you're saying you, so you're saying it's more of a uh, more of a commercial ploy, like to those, sell sell goods. Those Trojan commercials make me want to go out and buy rubbers. Ned, I'm just going to talk to you from now on. Uh, <laughs> I think they say makes you hungry. So. Okay. So, but all right. But what do you think about um, Judas Priest being sued for uh, you know a teen listening to their music and killing themselves? I mean, do you think that? Do you think that all of the people who listen to Judas Priest and one one kid kills himself? Negative. That that's subliminal message. No, not at all. Right? <coughs> okay. So yes, I, I probably will definitely agree. With What's that. your favorite uh, Judas Priest song? I uh, wish you hadn't asked me that. Mine would have to be "Breaking the Law." Oh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Um, but you you can any song out there. You can, if you listen to it carefully. You can take anything. You can from take it. anything from it and turn it into a subliminal message if you okay. want. Well, no, I, I definitely understand. Like, I mean, subliminal messaging, I would see that it would make more sense, you know, to sell food, to sell cars, to sell shirts, clothing items, things like that. Another uh, one by the dust, the song. Another one, another one by the dust, you play it backwards, it says it's fun to smoke marijuana. Oh, is that what it says? Is it really? You know, if I worked for a funeral home, I would always be cranking that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, obviously, this is running a little long, so I don't think we're oh, going to get through 10. I mean, do you want to do all 10? You're fine. How many have you got left? Well, I've only done three. So Okay. Uh, you want to just do five today? Do, do one more because he's going to he, – he has agreed to be mic'd up again next week. Okay. So do one more, and we'll save – that'll be ear candy treat for the audience. Indeed. All right, so this is the, uh, this is the last one we're going to do today, uh, the moon landing hoax. I'm already wanting to find you. Why? What about what do, people do, say? Do you I know th- you told me that you do thought you, that it was fake. Do you? Th- I know. Do you believe that we landed on the moon, Ned? 
Well, not you and I. I mean, Why do you think it was fake for Cronkite? I don't. I believe you told Ned it was fake. Ned 100% told me it was fake. That's not what he said. Just well, Ned is a liar and a cheat. <laughs> I'm not getting into it. I just want to know. No, no, no. Why this is, this is, we are hashing it out right now on the podcast. Right. Yes. All right. I'm going to read you the, what, what's going on here. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, in the 1978 film, Capricorn. Can I read yeah. my part? Well, I don't know if you can read it. Why don't you move a little closer to the mic? Speak a little slower. In the 1978 film, Capricorn step 1, away just American astronauts and NASA faked a Mars landing. Uh, though a mediocre film, it was an interesting idea and one that would endure for decades. In 2001, Fox Television aired the program Conspiracy Theory, Did We Land on the Moon?, which rehashed many discredited discrepancies between the official version of the moon landing and photographs of the landing. Curiously, they never explained why NASA would distribute photographs that would prove that they had faked the moon landing. Websites such as badastronomy.com have pages and pages of point-by-point detailed refutations refutations of the of the Fox claims. Of course, even there, even if there was some credible evidence showing that the 1969 Apollo landing was a hoax, conspiracy theorists must also account for later moon missions involving a dozen astronauts. And there there's there's the issue of hundreds of pounds of moon rocks that have been studied around the world and verified as a of extraterrestrial origin. Uh, how did NASA get the rocks if not during the moon landing? Many astronauts have been offended by the implication that they faked their accomplishments. In fact, in 2002, in, uh, excuse me, conspiracy theorist Bart Sibrell, uh confronted Buzz Aldrin and called him a coward and a liar for faking the moon landings. The 72-year-old punched Sibrell in the jaw. I do remember that. I remember seeing the video of that. It was pretty neat. But what refutation is I don't. It is the action of proving a statement or a theory to be wrong or false. Okay, so now that you've googled that, why don't you? What's my take? On yeah, that? what's your take on? Did we land on the moon or not? I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I don't know for sure if we landed on the moon. But I mean, what do you think? What do I think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm like. Just curious to why we haven't been back. But I mean, we are going back. We're going back. Yeah. I mean, there's there's talks about making a, a moon base for later missions to Mars, um, but as far as like why we haven't been back, I mean, I don't really know that answer. I know the, the space shuttle program took off pretty rapidly there during the you know right around the time the Apollo mission an- ended. Uh, so, I mean, that may have something to do with you it. Think we landed on the moon? I believe we did. I believe one hundred percent we did. All right, so your take is that the moon landing was not a hoax. What? No, not a hoax. Not a hoax at all. What's wrong? wrong so, well, right, but my question would be is the... You're getting red. You're turning red. What's that about? I don't know. <laughs> it's a little hot in here, don't you think? No. Um, so the question of... Did, weren't you you were you and I were talking off the air and you said that you said the birds were drones as well. <coughs> Anyways, back to uh, that sounds like something the, you would say. Back to the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what Cronkite said birds were drones. <laughs> that definitely sounds like something you would say, Ned. Uh, anyway, the uh, <laughs> 
think about that conversation. Uh, anyway, you were telling me that the initial moon landing, the 1969 where uh, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, that that footage doesn't exist. Well, I'm not, I don't know for sure. I've read something, you know, how the Internet is. It could be anything. But, I mean, like, do you care to elaborate on that? I read something that said that the actual footage was taped over. Like with another with, moon mission? Or? I don't know if it was another moon mission or a... Okay. Goose just fell out of the chair. But, uh... Help! I found him! I can't get out! Push your button. Push your button. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, if, to me, if, if that's true, I mean, why wouldn't you protect something like that, you know? Right. Why right. record it over an episode of, you know... Well, all right, so... It, there doesn't ever seem to be any conspiracy that we didn't land on Mars, even though there's rovers there and we've only seen pictures. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we, we've had... If you go down to the conspiracy side of it, there's people that have picked out, picked apart every photo, and they'll, they'll say there's not a reflection here, but there's a reflection here, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, that, that was because, like I said, you are a resident conspiracy guy, so I was just asking you why, why there's so much traction behind the moon landing. Why... Why do people, because I mean, we have, like I said, we even brought back moon rocks that have been verified that aren't from this planet. They're so, well, I mean, I'm sure scientists did. I mean, you can break down anything and turn it into a conspiracy theory. Well, yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so you're saying that just people that wanted to prove that it was fake, or, or is well, it just. There's people out there, that's their life mission, is to debunk anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you do a little research on it, it'll, it'll convince you. You'll be like, oh, man, we didn't land on the moon. When you know that you did, right? You know, that's just how the conspiracy theories work, right? Um, you look at, it, I mean, you you look at the pictures. They'll say, well, this right here, this reflection won't happen. There's not a reflection here. Then you'll watch. Uh, there's some videos. You know, they're floating, not necessarily the moon one, but you know, any kind of space videos. They're floating, and they'll drop something. They'll hit the ground, but they're floating. You know, there, there's all kinds of stuff out there to debunk anything. Okay. Or try to debunk anything. Right. Um, do you want to do one more, or do you want to call it uh, good for this segment? Go ahead and do one more. All right. Um, I'll, I'll leave this one up to you. Do you want to do the John F. Kennedy assassination or the Roswell crash cover? -up? <clears throat> do John F. Kennedy. JFK. All right. JFK. Very popular one. All right. So John F. Kennedy assassination. Uh, JFK was killed in 1963 in Dallas uh, in, on a Dallas motorcade. Who killed Kennedy? Most. Uh, though not not all conspiracy theorists acknowledge that Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy from a book depository. Uh, depository. Beyond this fact lies a vast area of conspiracy theory uh, that has sprawled endless speculation in hundreds of books, articles, and films. There uh, was there a second assassin, perhaps one at a nearby grassy knoll. Uh, and if Oswald act, did act alone, who gave him the orders? Activists uh, against uh, Fidel Castro, uh, organized crime bosses. A jealous husband upset with Kennedy's philandering. Though the Warren Commission report con concluded that Oswald acted alone, uh, in 1979, a report by the, by the House Select Committee on Assassination suggested that there was, in fact, a conspiracy and likely more than one shooter. Uh, in such a complex and sensational case, the conspiracy theories will live on. So why do you think that that's... Um, why do you think that's such a such a conspiracy theory? Because it was so it was so public, so Yeah, plus all the files have not been released. 
Well, but I don't know. I, it seems like I watched a documentary once before about JFK knew too much about UFOs and things like that, and that's so why you you've mentioned that before. I've 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 never heard of that. No, that's fascinating. He, he was assassinated, and then Marilyn Monroe was also killed for that as well because she knew. That's of course that's a right. conspiracy theory in, in itself. But Ned, what's your what's your take on that? Well, like I said previously, you could you could tear into anything and come with any kind of theory. Right. But well, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago I watched the video. I didn't really get to research into it or anything like that. I just came across the video that somebody broke down the footage, slowed it down, zoomed in, and the driver of his car. You can see him turn around, reach his hand back, and that's when he gets shot. So now there's a new theory that the driver accidentally did it and they covered it up. Oh. So I need to research more on that. But See, I hadn't heard that one. That uh, the driver accidentally shot. That that's the video hmm. that I watched. I need to bring that back up and actually read into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Some people think the vice president had something to do with you know if, yeah. if if you were going to if you were going to assassinate a president that would, that would be my first guess would be your your vice president uh, plus the fact that he was all too willing he was he didn't in any of the swearing in photos on Air Force One he didn't look like he was grieving at all right he didn't even look like he was surprised um, interesting anything else on that you want to touch on Really? What about any of the any of the conspiracy theories we talked about today? Anything else? Why don't you make a note on that one, and where you said you watch that video, and bring bring that one back too next week? Yeah, I can do that. All right. I'm gonna have to tell you, I, I have really enjoyed this segment. I don't want to say anything and you know not be for sure about it, so I'll, I'll touch base on the 9/11 one and the So we'll talk next week. Um, Maybe. No, no, no. Come on, Ned. We're telling our listeners we're going to do this next week. So we have some more Ned ear candy coming up next week. On any of the the conspiracy theories that I just read, and like I said, we only did five. There's five more to go. Good. I'm looking forward to this. But uh, on any of the conspiracy theories that I read, if any of our listeners have any, any say on any of them, please write in. We love hearing about new information, regardless if it's off the wall or if it's genuinely uh, ear candy. Right. You know, I, I, well, worst case scenario, if it's off the wall, we may giggle at you. That's right. it. Exactly. Um, but I believe that's it. That's all I have. Uh-huh. And uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to come back. What are we going to be t- talking about And when we come back? When we come back, we're going to continue. Uh, I'm going to continue my in-depth discussion of the Aldebaran mystery. Uh, again, you can see that on Amazon Prime. It's a pretty cool little show. And and, and I did watch that, uh, and we'll talk about that when we come back. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do uh, some more shout-outs and uh, have Elliot's articles. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, folks. It's the Creepy Kentuckian from Dead Pit Radio. And when I'm just sitting around needing something to listen to, I'm checking out Here to Chew Bubblegum. Me. She said, what? 
knots in your head I keep running into a face Great last segment. I want to thank Ned for setting in for Ned Said. Yeah, he really adds something to the show, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I cannot believe that you thought drones were birds. Well, to be fair. Birds were drones. To be fair, that's not me at all. That's something Ned said, and he panicked and tried to throw me under the bus, throw me off guard. Um, I mean, let's get real. How would they even charge? Power lines. That's what you said. They land on power lines. (laughs) um so you ready to jump into this next segment yes sir so last week we started talking about the vril um and it was kind of the first thing that um the first thing in the aldebaran mystery and you yourself uh kind of watched that mystery yesterday yes yes i did that was you kept saying it was dry i didn't think it was dry i thought it it was fascinating it's kind of dry but i mean it's there is so much information in there and you know there's been a lot of stuff on that that we talked about on the show in depth that we mentioned on the show absolutely and you know there's going to be um probably kind of going to be tough to get through everything that i want to get through today okay uh so we may have to be split up a little bit there we go Uh, save some for next week but so we talked about Don't the, give us all that you're candy at once. <laughs> so we talked about the Vril, and the Vril motto is, not all good comes from above. So that summarizes the entire history of the Vril Society from the inception to its final days of World War II. Um, there were three, three or four kind of secret societies during that time, uh, and each, each one kind of had its own distinct beliefs. So and I'll kind of touch on all of them right now. So the DHVSS in 1912 worshipped the German mountain goddess Isaias uh, and the Schwarzstein uh, or Black Stone. Uh, the Thule Society in 1917 believed that in the, believed in the hollow earth theory uh, and derived its name from Ultima, Ultima Thule, the ancient capital of Hyperborea. Uh, and that sits atop of the top the atop of the world. Right. Uh, the Vril, however, worshipped the Black Sun, uh, which was the invisible inner light of the Godhead, uh, which supposedly gave or generated incredible power and communicated with Aryan aliens living in the Aldebaran system through psychic channeling. Uh, Aldebaran, which is a giant star, it's a giant red star, and it's uh, part of the Taurus constellation, uh, and is known as the Bull's Eye due to the position of its uh, due to position of where it's at in the cosmos. Uh, as the star of illumination uh, it's called it is also known as the way of spiritual enlightenment uh, which the mediums of real desperately sought so <clears throat> we kind of talked about that they last week they were they were trying to make a utopia they were trying to send a utopia here you know make a utopia here uh, so that um, you know nobody would have to ever want for anything there's no work there's no strife there's no wars there's no anything uh, which, when you start to think about a lot of what Hitler said, which was uh, to cr- try to create a more perfect race, uh, and these Aldebarans are supposed to be Aryan aliens, um, so they're try- he's trying to make an Aryan race. So let me let me get your take on this. The, when I was watching when I was watching this documentary, I I was kind of getting the idea that. That maybe Hitler either manipulated the uh, the Aldebarans through the Vril, or 
they were all working. What what, what do you think? Were they working together or were they I manipulated? Don't, I don't think they were working together. You think they were manipulated? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I was leaning towards. I think that, uh, unfortunately, the German Nazis were the front ones that first were just the point of contact, unfortunately. Uh, and they used that power for evil. That's, that's, that's what I think. That's the exact same thing I thought when I watched it as well. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it's fascinating, though, just the the what they were describing the ships were the mm-hmm. Hannibus mm-hmm. and the way that they ran that's yeah. exactly the way Bob Lazar described it exactly and and they say that um, when, when you actually sit and think about how they described how they made the anti-gravity or anti-mag or the, the magnetic field to run these ships and that they can make accelerate quickly and, and do 90 degree turns and the pilot would never would never feel it uh what was it? it was something like plasma? Uh, mercury. Mercury. It was mercury plasma. Yes. So I guess it's heated. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, pressurized to 250,000 PSI and then ran at so many thousand RPMs. Right. And that's the exact same thing that Bob Lazar said. And that, that creates a field. And that and, and when they say that, you know, all of these different lights that you see on, the side, on, on, these, on these crafts, kind of like the uh the northern lights because it's a magnetic field so that kind of stuff starts to kind of make sense when you start to listen to it you know some of the stuff that they were talking about i was myself before this came about in the movie because they don't mention this till like towards the end Mm -hmm. i kept thinking this is some of the stuff that nikola tesla talked about Mm -hmm. and then they mentioned this is some of the stuff that nikola tesla talked about yeah and the uh robert bird saying you know they encountered crafts Mm -hmm. in the uh south pole region that could go from pole to pole yeah. in a short time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they they also talked about the um, the uh, retreating to Antarctica and going inside the Earth right. uh, when they have these kilometer wide cave systems that aircraft have actually you know, flown this, into. And this out is of. a really good documentary. Anybody Absolutely. with Amazon Prime needs to watch. Needs it. to check it out. Um, so, but like any any, uh, but like unlike the other two groups, the Vril Society were an inner circle of women who were also fighting against their times and culture. Uh, they were psychic mediums that were um, that wore horse-tail hairstyle. And if you don't know what horse-tail hairstyle, they grew their hair really long. And it kind of, at the time, was odd. You know, the, the hairstyle for that time for women were kind of short. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, they were hot too (laughs) so they believed that their long hair acted as a cosmic antenna to receive alien communication from beyond which started post world war one with the thule medium maria orsic did you remember them talking about her yes yes i do um so confused by the strange language and mental images she was receiving through psychic channeling maria orsic and uh thule joined with the real society which uh brought into uh, another psych- brought in another psychic medium named Seagrin uh, to help translate the alien language, which turned out to be ancient Sumerian. That was fascinating uh, as well. Yes. Uh, tried to decipher the, the strange mental images and circular flight machine from making contact. Uh, Seagrin was not the real medium's <coughs> true name, but is derived from Seagrin, uh, Seagrun, one of the nine daughters of Odin, uh, Odin and Va- and a Valkyrie. Uh, so the real disc th- story kind of begins here. This is where kind of the 
flying saucer stuff kind of starts to take off. Uh, so despite their distrust of men, the women of the Vril joined with Thule uh, and the DHVSS in order to construct an interdimensional channeled flight disc known as the... There is no way I'm going to say this. Uh, okay. Jinsitz Flugmaschine, okay. or the JFM. Uh, by 1922, the odd disc-shaped machine was constructed in Munich and tested for two years. It is not known if any success uh, with channeled flight was ever achieved, but a certain W.O. Schumann of the Technical University of Munich invented a levitator from the channeled JFM information provided by the mediums Maria Orsic uh, and Segrin. By 1924, the JFM project was scrapped, uh, but work continued on perfecting the levitator unit known as the Schumann SM Levitator. <clears throat> With the Nazi Party in power in 1933, uh, which itself originated from the Thule Society, uh, the occultists now received official backing for their continued development of the flight disks. Um, as war had started in 1939, the RFZ-5 became the Hanabu-1. Uh, and by 1941, the RFZ-7 had become the real one, uh, Jaeger, uh, or as known as Hunter. Right. Um, <coughs> the reason for the changes were due to the Thule's revolutionary, um, they call it, uh, this is all in German, so tri tribe work or tree work, uh, which basically is just thrust work. Um, it's an engine that uh, used rotating electromagnetic gravity, uh, electro magnetic gravity, th gravitational fields to affect gravity. Vril had by 1941 perfected the SM levitator as well, and thus the two series entered limited construction, but with slightly different goals. Well, something I found fascinating when I watched this documentary is they were talking about how uh, they had used them during World War II to take down uh, I see, British and U.S. planes. Mm -hmm. And then they said that, you know, I think there was like 15 of them took on and uh, wiped out 100 and some planes. 150 150 planes. Yep. And they were talking about why they didn't keep on using them. I think during, and I think you said it in the movie, during that time period, it was like getting close towards the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. I think that they knew that it was a lost cause and they didn't want to let this technology go. Mm -hmm. And that's when they uh, come up with a plan. To retreat to the Ant South Pole, Antarctica. Yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think I think that they they, I mean, regardless of how evil um, Hitler was, Nazi Germany was, they were incredibly intelligent, advanced. incredibly yes. intelligent. Uh, so the Thule wanted to develop both a production combat craft and a and a functional uh, spaceship. Vril, by comparison, only wanted to develop. Uh, the spaceship to reach Aldebaran. Uh, and it's 64 light years from Earth. And did you see the part in the documentary where it says that there's a wormhole between our two yes, galaxies? Yes, I did. Uh, so as Hitler had forbid secret societies in Germany from 1941 forward, uh, both the Vril and the Thule were documented under the SS Technical Branch Unit E-IV, which is probably 4, E-4, I'd say, Um tasked with developing alternative energies. This unit had already developed with the RFZ series, but now officially Thule and Vril did not did not exist. Vril became known as secretly as Daket or Diaket, I, I don't know how you pronounce that, uh, to both their 
uh, Ancestral Heritage Research Department, a.k.a. Nazi Occult Bureau. Um, the illustration of the, of the real Z plan of future return to Earth in the early 21st century, um, that was the... Uh, Basically, what what this what this group was was trying to do. So, supposedly in the early early twenty first century, I guess there's going to be a return. Well, you know folks. that would be great. And some some of this too during the documentary, I kept thinking about Dr. Stephen Greer mm-hmm. and his tactics to contact aliens and have them come here. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of laughed and giggled when we talked about that on the show because I said I didn't really buy that. Right? Maybe it's possible. Absolutely. You know, after watching this, maybe maybe you can do that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so the future plan uh, was for the Third Reich to survive outside of Europe and reemerge in the far future from either another location on Earth or from st- from the stars um, if a spaceship could be constructed in, in time before the collapse. Okay. So there again, that's what we're kind of talking about. They knew... That it was it was happening. It was it was a done deal. It's going to collapse. Right. We, we got to go. Well, and something I found fascinating too, you know, going back to General Robert Byrd when they were sent to the South Pole just to map mm-hmm. the, the, you know, less than two years, eight, eighteen months after the end of World War Two, why would they send them on a mission to go map stuff? That don't make any sense to me. Why would they take fighter planes with them? Right. That don't make sense to me. You know, and we've talked about before what has happened there. And, uh, you know, I think that they know, they, they, they knew that they went there. And they, in mm-hmm. fact, have, are they still there? I have no idea. But I do know that, you know, you can visit the North Pole that, that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. The South Pole, you can't volunteer, you can't visit yeah, that. You can't just go there. No, that, that is forbidden. You're, mm-hmm. uh, uh, unless you're a government official with a country that has a claim there, you cannot go there. Which now, and we've talked about in the past. You know, the the one thing that Nazi Germany was looking for was resources. When they were expanding out, they wanted to keep their war machine going. Antarctica has a enormous abundance amount of coal and and, and other resources there. That would just make sense. There's no people there. It's it, it's a very hostile environment, but you can make it work if you're right. if you're desperate I enough. Don't, I don't think there's even people there. Like, I mean, we've talked before, and I think there's some scientists there, but I think the population yeah. is less than 120. Yeah, well, I mean. Know? And, and if they're under the ice, they're not going to know that they're there, period. Yeah, exactly. All right, so the first purely real disc, the real one Hunter, was constructed in 1941 and first flew in 1942. It was 11.5 meters in diameter and had a single pilot and could achieve uh, 2,900 kilometers an hour to 12,000 kilometers an hour. Uh, it flew with a metal dome at first, but subsequent test versions had a heavily reinforced glass dome uh, and could seat two crew. Flight endurance was five and a half hours, and it was planned to arm this aircraft with two MK-108 cannons plus two MG-17 sub- er, machine guns. Seventeen of these crafts were constructed and tested between 42 and 44 with 84 test flights. <coughs> the Vril 2, the destroyer, was a highly advanced oval-shaped disc that was much too complex for the time period. Thus, it was projected uh, for 1945 to 1946, so no construction was ever started on it. Uh, the Vril 3 and 4 have been photographed, but no surviving information was found on them. Vril's 5 and 6, likewise, do not show up uh, and may have only been projects. The Vril 7 and 8, however, were constructed. The Vril 7, the ghost, 
was 45 meters in diameter and crewed by 14 men. It was built in 1944 and tested at um, Arado Brandenburg, Arado maybe? Sounds good. Yeah, Arado Brandenburg, using Vril's own uh, thrust work. Like the Vril 1, the Vril 7 Ghost was designed for channeled flight. Uh, one, one machine was sent through the Arado, but returned seriously damaged beyond repair. It is not known if the craft was manned uh, or if not, but the um, the hull was severely warped and the drive was disabled. I hate it when my hull gets warped. Yeah, that's a terrible time. In 1944, the Aredo engineers approached um, uh, approached the Vril's medium, um, Seagrin, with the uh, with one with a simple with a request. Uh, they wanted to know if the Vril tribe work could be <coughs> or the thrust work could be adapted to one of their projects, the Aredo E dash or E dot five 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 strategic bomber. Uh, they were abruptly told no, uh, and returned to their designs, uh, which resulted in, e- in eleven different versions of the bomber. Seguin was actually insulted because her entire purpose of the real disc was aimed at space flight. Here's where I'm starting to think that maybe they were just being manipulated, because the real only wanted to make contact, right? And of course, they're they're getting. Um, it's a partnership, so this is how they're making making these ships. But the people who want to make these ships are wanting to use them to destroy their enemies, well, which is pretty much everyone at this point. Yes, uh, yes, it was. Uh, so no conventional bomber could withstand the heat and the velocity achieved by these machines, which were constructed of holes especially made of an advanced metal called uh, Victolin, uh, and some sources... In some sources, it's Victolin or Victolin. Um, the Vril One had a single hull, uh, single hull of this type, and the Vril Seven had two. Uh, the large Hanabu Three had three. Oh, did you see that? Um, what do they call it? The Andromeda, um, the big, the big spaceship that could hold like three of these discs. Yeah. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. Um, I saw that. You know, there's actually been pictures that I'd saw of those well, yeah. before I watched this documentary. Well, and those have been spotted off the coast, off the west coast, several times uh, during during this time period. So it makes you wonder. I mean, how close were we to being completely annihilated? You know, by the Nazis, right? Yeah. Um, so with the SS supervising all aspects of the disc programs, every model had to have a, at least theoretical provision for armament. Uh, in the Vril Seven Ghost, it would have been four MK one hundred eight cannons. Uh, the Vril 8 Odin was the f- was the last official Vril disc that was flight tested in the spring of 45 during the collapse. The disc had an automatic Oberon upward firing gun installation uh, on top of the control center. Some weeks after Germany surrendered, however, both Hanabu and Vril craft were spotted in the skies over occupied Germany. Although the Vril 9 Universal Hunter was shown only as a design on paper. A craft identical to it was photographed post-war, uh, and there are claims of, space of a spacecraft, Vril 10. Vril's final plan was the construction of a large 139-meter cylindrical uh, spaceship known as the SSE-4 uh, unit, as the Andromeda, like we were talking about. Work on this, uh, basically it was a flying cigar, but it was... Yeah. It's kind of like an aircraft carrier. Yeah, it could carry a couple of those little, the smaller discs that were scout ships. Essentially, yeah, those are the tube UFOs. Right. Um, Before you continue, what's your thoughts when the 
Nazis attempted to go to this galaxy through the wormhole and they had to turn around and come back. Why do you think they didn't make it? Uh, you know, I, I don't. I mean, I think they did make it. You, you, you think they I th- did? I think they did make it because if you remember when the documentary said that the hull had had um, been aged like it was a hundred years, years old. Yes, okay. and so. So you think they did make it and come back? I think so. Okay. Um, but now I can't remember what did they say happened to the pilot. I, I don't think that they mentioned the pilot. I, so it may I, not have been mentioned. I, I was thinking that they said in it that they had they had to turn around and come back because they couldn't make it because they didn't think the ship would make it. That's what I thought they said. Seems like if you got into the wormhole, mm-hmm. you would just pretty much go. Well, but now, that, here, that's, here here was my thoughts on, you know, if they didn't make it and they had to turn around and come back. Let's say that this society does exist, and they did contact them, and they gave them the knowledge to actually build these ships and fly them. Mm-hmm. What if they didn't want them to fly to them, so they didn't give them, like, one piece that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't keep their ships from falling apart or aging? Well, you know that's you know, that that's what I thought when I saw the documentary. That's you know it's it that's an yeah that's that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way, but at the same time, if you if you were passing along these designs, um, that are capable of space flight. Okay. Why? If all right, if if you if you had knowledge and you could travel all over the galaxy, and you were going to share your knowledge with somebody, mm-hmm. and you didn't know these people really good, right? And you were going to give them something to test on their planet to see what they did with it right. before you give them the they, big key to the city. And they waged war with it. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, that's, okay. I see that's, point. that's why I thought that they didn't make it and they turned around and came back. Because it, it did say that they did get in the wormhole, but, you know, I thought that they came back. Well, the issue is there's so much blocked information that comes out of it. And they even sent him a message saying, you know, uh, we're, what was it? We're not here anymore or n- mm. no one's here. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It's, um, oh, gosh. Yeah, I had it. Uh, I had it here somewhere. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, but, it's you know, something that, essential that. that was just my thinking, you know. Well, they gave him the knowledge to do it on this planet. And they can go out in the galaxy. But. In order to get to them, they've not gave them that grand last key opponent. Well, and if now, they were, if and this ties into Bob Lazar. <clears throat> in order for that, that's that mysterious element. Uh, one fifteen. Yeah, element one fifteen that you would have to have to go through wormholes and stuff. Because he said that's what made the travel possible. Right. You know, from planet to planet. Well, now that that does make a good point. Yeah, I mean, if time, if the ship had been aged a hundred years, I mean. We don't know how space would work no, like that. No, you know, you know, but you know, just you know, let's just say that you know they didn't give them element one fifteen. They yeah. give them everything but that. They could go from around our planet anywhere to the moon, maybe mm-hmm. Mars, but to go through wormholes and stuff, you know, you have to have element one fifteen. You know, uh, which you know, you saw the Bob Lazar documentary. The filmmaker just mentioned it. You know, yeah. and the next day the FBI and everybody was at Bob's house. Right. You know, you know, and that makes sense. Um, and Bob Lazar says Bob, that we got Element One Fifteen from Roswell, and Roswell was after World War Two, yeah, nineteen forty-seven. And he worked at a place called S Nine or S Four. Yeah, it was S Four off of Area Fifty One. Yeah. So they, I wonder. Oh. It was a specialized lab. Wonder if they actually made this so that they can travel i wonder if they've traveled there yet because you know they've they've when they honestly 
All right, and we and we've been through this before. I think people have traveled there. Um, I think that you know the aliens did give us the element. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, element what one fourteen, one fifteen, one fifteen, yeah. And we do know how to make it. You know, since then. And, you know, because they thought Bob Lazar had a sample of it, and they were coming to his house and his place of business to get it. Right. You know, and it wasn't a hardware store. Nuclear hardware so. store. I mean, how do you think they split those items? you gotta I mean, have a you got to have a nuclear hammer and chisel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. <laughs> sure you do. Um, that's essentially all I have right there. That kind of gives you a uh, – yeah. that kind of gives you but, a, I mean, a, a start that, of, the, of the real uh, – And I, I will ships. go back and watch that part about the, them traveling, but mm-hmm. I thought that they said they didn't make it, there and is, they came back. Guys, I understand that you all think that we're just – we can't get our facts straight, but there is literally – this this documentary is dripping with information. There is so much information to try to squeeze it, it, it into it. It is very good. It just try to squeeze it into a 30-minute segment is – tough yeah. so i mean i mean because the movie itself is like the one so i watched too was well, yes yeah, hour and a half yeah and so you watch the same one that 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 was the uh, uh director's cut yeah so you know uh but it's very well written very well prepared very, very well presented so uh, i kind of wanted to go over a little bit talking about those ships okay so in 1939 a revolutionary electromagnetic gravity engine was uh, improved by Hans Kohler, uh, basically a free energy machine, which is what the real was talking about. The free energy, right. no one has to work, no one has to do uh, everything. Everybody lives in peace and harmony. Um, basically, it introduced this free energy machine into a, an energy converter, uh, coupled to a a band generator and a Marconi vortex dynamo. Um, it's a spherical tank of mercury, essentially, uh, to create powerful rotating electromagnetic fields that affected gravity and reduced mass. It was also designed or designated the Thule uh, thrust work, a.k.a. the Tachyonator 7, uh, and uh, was to be installed in the Thule design disks. So this is where we're talking about the, the liquid mercury, or the, the mercury that was sp- spun up to... Um, certain rpms pressurized 250,000 psi um that's what this that's what their thrust work was right uh so that's that's kind of neat um and then you know and uh, you go back that's something nikola tesla you know i mean watch the tesla files on history channel they're on youtube and they do they do one experiment i've not watched the whole episode but they basically built a a tesla tower two Mm -hmm. of them and they just more or less they're sitting there, you know, catching energy. Mm-hmm. And they run a, a remote control boat off of it. You okay. Know, just by catching energy out of the atmosphere. Oh, I'll, I'll And it, it is, I mean, it, it's it's ver- just by making a Tesla coils. You know, it's very fascinating. Hmm. Very fascinating. I'll have to check that out. Now, the, the next thing that I have here kind of dives into the uh, Secretary of the Navy, James Forrestal. Okay. We can save that till next week because we're already running no, up No, we're, we're like at 27 minutes, and I've not been watching our time. I've been watching our levels because yeah. you are ear candy this week. Usually you're a little bit low, but your level is like I'm, I'm awesome. I'm perfect. It's Valentine's Day. So. Ear candy. I'm giving you ear candy. Okay. This is my Valentine's Day to you all. People. Is ear candy? Ear candy. That's better than but, ear wax. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to hold on to this till next week, and okay. we'll talk we'll talk more about the discs and the Andromeda, uh, and then we'll talk we'll talk about uh, General Bird and and James Forrestal because James Forrestal, 
you know how he died was very yeah very sketchy very weird to me yeah uh, especially knowing all that he knew definitely yeah. so, so so you don't think that he jumped out from the 16th floor i 100 percent do not think that i don't either i don't think uh, that at all you're listening to here to chew bubble gum we're going to take a break come back with elliot's articles and uh after elliot's articles we're going to talk about the saint valentine's day massacre that happened in 1929 in chicago uh then we've got some a uh, few valentine's day traditions from around the world give some shout outs listener text question of the week responses and new questions of the week you're listening to here to chew bubblegum i'm Cronkite. this is goose and that man over there in the corner is of course ned we'll be back in just a moment you have a roku device do you want to escape the everyday then download the edge tv that is the edge tv on your roku device spelled capital t capital h number sign three let james stacy greg and the rest of the gang keep you entertained the edge tv available now on roku Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening. This is Elliot, and you are listening to Elliot's Articles on the Here to Chew Bubblegum podcast. This week we will be discussing a listener-suggested topic, that of Valiant Thor, a visitor from Venus. The information for today's article comes from Frank E. Strangers' book, Stranger at the Pentagon. The book tells the story of Valiant Thor, an alien from the planet Venus. On March 16, 1957, Valiant Thor arrived in a ship, which landed in Alexandria, Virginia. On the ship with him were three other crewmates, who we will talk about in just a few minutes. Valiant Thor is described as being six foot tall and around 180 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. When two police officers showed up at the scene and found Valiant Thor calm and wanting only one thing, to meet with President Eisenhower. Somehow this request wasn't met with ridicule or derision. The police officers took him through an elaborate subway system from the Pentagon where he met with the Secretary of Defense to the White House where he met President Eisenhower, Vice President Nixon, and all the Joint Chiefs. He brought a message from the High Council of Venus for Earth to stop and destroy our nuclear weapons because they could lead to the obliteration of the human race. One of the people to meet and speak to Valiant Thor was Harley Andrew Byrd, nephew to the late Rear Admiral Richard Byrd of the United States Navy. When Byrd asked him where he was from, Thor replied, I am from the planet that is called Venus. Byrd asked him how many visitors from Venus were presently on Earth, and he said, There are presently 77 of us walking among you in the United States. We are constantly coming and going. If you are a Venusian, or know of one, Please feel free to contact Goose, Cronkite, Ned, or myself at Here to Chew Bubblegum. When meeting with the president, he was quoted as saying, I come from the planet your Bible calls the morning and evening star. Venus, the president replied, yes. The fact that Valiant Thor mentions the Bible will have relevance later. 
After hearing Valiant Thor's message of peace, the President regretted to inform him that he would not be able to accept it. Valiant Thor then became a quote-unquote guest of the American government inside the Pentagon. This next section was taken from the website eraoflight.com. After assuring them that this planet had been under close scrutiny for hundreds of years before the 1945 bomb blast, and with his special letter still in the slightly quivering hand of the president, he was requested to follow the Secret Service back the way that had come, to the Pentagon and into a beautifully furnished apartment where he would spend the next three years. Fortunately, he was prepared for such a lengthy visit and kept in constant communication with the starship that he had arrived in. There were many occasions during this time which he teleported himself in and out of those quarters, often exercising quote-unquote transimagery to cause the security guards to visualize his face on a non-existent badge. Soon after his arrival, together with the three members of his crew, he joined a convention in the backyard of the home of Mr. Howard Minger in Highbridge, New Jersey. The month was April 1957. A certain group of individuals who were interested in UFOs were meeting that day. Val and his crew members, Don, Jill, and Tanya, had changed into the same type of clothing worn by their Earth friends. The meeting was very interesting, and these people were on the right track. He was dismayed to learn the undignified manner in which these people were treated by the press. Now, I found it in, in, very interesting that the names of his crewmates were Don, Jill, and Tanya. Common Earth names. Uh, so that was a, sort of a surprise. It was at this meeting, although he wouldn't contact him until later, that he met Frank E. Strangis. Frank E. Strangis was a preacher and academic. Thor supposedly chose Strangis to help spread his message. Strangis, who had originally written a book called Saucerama, after meeting Thor, he wrote many more books. In these books, he revealed such quote-unquote facts that Jesus Christ was a Venusian and the Bible needed to be followed. This fact that the strangest was a preacher and used this event to spread the gospel had some people wondering if this wasn't the point of the story after all. Maybe strangers had made this up to try to get people to come to the side of Christianity. Even with this, there are quite a few people that believe this, including President Eisenhower's granddaughter. Next week, we will move on to a new topic, and before I choose that, I would love to hear from our listeners so that you can tell me what you want to hear. Stay vigilant, dear listeners. Until next time, Elliot out. Be sure to check out heretochewbubblegum.com. And segment three, we're going to talk about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm-hmm. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre was the 1929 murder of seven members and associates of Chicago's Northside Gang. It occurred on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1929, at 10.30 a.m. Seven men were murdered at the garage at 2122 North Clark Street in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago's north side. They were shot by four men using weapons that included two submachine guns, two Thompson submachine guns. Is that what they call a Tommy gun? Yeah, that's exactly right. Tommy gun. That's Two of the shooters cool. were dressed as uniformed policemen, I mean, while I mean, the others cool. wore suits, ties, overcoats, and hats. Witnesses say the fake police leading the other men at gunpoint out of the garage after the shooting. Um, some people claim that the Egan's Rat Gang, that was working for Al Capone at the time, they were suspected in this shooting. Uh, 
as are some members of the Chicago Police Department, legitimate members of the Chicago Police Department, who allegedly wanted revenge for the killing of a police officer's son. As of now, no one has been positively identified as being a shooter in this case. Wow. Uh, Al Pone was widely assumed to have been responsible for ordering the murders in an attempt to eliminate uh, Moron, not Moron, but Moron. Uh, Moron was the last survivor of the North Side gunman. His succession had become... Uh, about because of his similar aggressive predecessors, Vincent DeLucci and Jaime Weiss, who had been killed in violence uh, in the violence following uh, the murder of original leader Dean O'Bannon. Uh, police tested the two Thompson submachine guns, serial numbers 2347 and 7580, found in Fred Burke's Michigan bungalow, and determined that both of those had been used in the massacre. Uh, let's see. One of them was also wanted for the murder of uh, New York Brooklyn mob boss Frankie Yale, and uh, that was confirmed by the New York Police Department. They long had a theory that Burke had been responsible for Yale's death. Les Former, a deputy sheriff in Marion, Illinois, purchased uh, one of the uh, Tommy Thompson or Tommy submachine guns. The one had the serial number 2347 on November 12, 1924. Marion and the surrounding area were overrun by bootleggers, the uh, Sheldon Brothers Gang and Charlie Bodger. Farmer had ties to Egan's Rats Gang. Would you not come up with a different name for your gang, Egan's Rats? Egan's Rats? Yeah, I probably would. I think I would, too. Uh, Let's see. The weapon ended up in Fred Burke's position or I'm sorry, possession in 1927. It is possible that it, that it, this is the same gun used in Detroit's uh, Milo Flores massacre on March 28, 1927. Chicago sporting goods owner Peter Von Frantis sold the gun 7580 to Victor Thompson, also known as Frank V. Thompson, but it wound up with James Bozo Shoup a small-time hood from Chicago's west side who had ties to Al Capone's gang. Uh, the garage at 2122 North Clark Street was demolished in 1967. The site is now a parking lot for a nursing home, and bricks of the north wall against uh, where the victims were shot were purchased by a Canadian businessman. For many years, they were displayed in various crime-related novelty displays. Many of them were later sold individually, and the remainder are now owned by the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. Wow. Have you ever been to the Mob Museum on your travels to Las Vegas? I've not, but I, I didn't even know there was a such a thing, but I wish I'd have known then. So you would went, you had heard of the uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre before, I had, correct? Yes, yes. Had you researched it any? I had not, no. Do you know why I threw that in here today? Is it? Because it's Valentine's Day. Bingo. I'm so good at this. Exactly. I'm very good You're at this. You're very good at this. Uh, let's see. Some uh, Valentine's Day traditions from around the world. Okay. You know, in America, we give out flowers, chocolate, uh, cards, like you said, uh, chocolate-covered strawberries. And turtles. Uh, chocolate-covered mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in different countries of the world, they celebrate Valentine's Day a little bit differently. In Argentina, they have a week of sweetness. Uh, South Korea has a unique set of experience. That's what it's called, for a unique set of experience. Hmm. Instead of Valentine's Day, 
Today is a unique set of experience. Uh, the Philippines has a gala event. Uh, West, I'm sorry, Southwest China has the Sisters Meal Festival. The hmm. Sisters Meal Festival. Uh, Denmark has a celebration of love, Romania, and unusual celebration. An unusual celebration. Now, see, I would do something different if I was in Romania. I would have, like, uh, Next Sucker's Day or something. Next Sucker's Day. Dracula. Romania. Oh. it's pretty good. Did you know Dracula's from Romania? Transylvania. Where's Transylvania located at? Romania. I know that. I'm very okay. good at this. Uh, Brazil, today is Lover's Day. Kind of like Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, England, today is the Festival of Romantic Love. Why don't you say Valentine's Day? I don't know. That's a lot of words. And Italy, today is the popular day for couples. Again, a lot of words for just Valentine's Popular day, day for couples. Uh, today is Valentine's Day, so we do have some shout-outs left. We do. I'll uh, give you... Let me rip these apart here. I will give you two, and I will take two. Okay. Uh, we started out with Derek to Tara, and Tara must also listen to the show because she's responded to Derek. Tara to Derek, especially today, I hope you feel how much I love you and how grateful I am to have you in my life. Oh, very sweet. Who do you have? Oh, I've got two Joey. You take my breath away, always, from someone very special. Secret admirer, maybe, or... Or um, mistress. Mistress. Uh, Frank DeHolly says, thanks for being you and for being mine. And Jacob to Devin says, I'm so excited to be sharing our first Valentine's Day together. I hope it's the first of many. Me too. Absolutely. Happy Valentine's uh, Day. Let's see. We're going to dive right on in to some listener text. Uh, okay. First off, thank everyone that uh, gave a shout out to everybody for Valentine's Day. Is there anybody you want to give a shout out to today? No. Okay. No. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Okay. How about that? Um, I'll give a shout out. Uh to someone special that messaged earlier there. So have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Uh, beam me up. Uh, text, hey, Goose and Cronkite. I'm a new fan of the show. I found out about it after I heard a commercial on the radio. Oh, fantastic. Aha! You are entertaining, and I've always been a fan of anything unexplained. What influences you to do the show? Uh, well, we do have ads running on local radio, 104.9 right now, mm -hmm. WXLR. If you're in the Bunker Studios area, you can check those out. Uh, and we may have some big news coming up in um, sometime within the next three to six-week period. It's going to be exciting. So uh, what influences me to do the show? I just like being creative, and I like talking about this stuff. This is stuff that myself, Cronkite, and Ned talked about before we started doing a podcast. And then one day... When I was in the cookie factory, it just hit me. It's like, you know, we should start recording this. Mm -hmm. So, Yep. Uh, likewise for me. Uh, it's just, uh, And it's also something, you know, right now uh, with the way the world is, it really feels like everything is just doom and gloom. It's a good stress reliever. It's absolutely a good stress reliever just to get to come and hang out with buddies and, and, and talk about some, some stuff that we all find very fascinating and uh, just kind of – Forget about the world for a minute. Or, I guess, a couple hours, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, my first listener text is Mr. Bean says, Hey, Goose and Cronkite, I've written in before and listened since the first show. 
Have you thought about doing a show on the dead spot in New Mexico that you mentioned a few weeks ago? I've researched this a little and found it a very interesting topic. Take care and keep the shows coming. Mm, yeah, we can definitely do that. Yeah, you know, for sure. We can, we can definitely do that. Uh, let's see. Waters High says, Cronkite, why do you want snow? I agree with Goose. Winter sucks. Give me summer anytime. Absolutely. I agree with that. But here's the thing. If it's going to be cold, I would much rather it be cold and something to look at than it be cold and just dead. That doesn't make any sense. That makes perfect sense. No, it does not. You know, you're just mad because you didn't think of it. Yeah, right. Smith says, hey, guys, uh, greetings. I just wanted to take a minute and tell you guys, this includes Elliot and Ned, too, that I really enjoy the show. I live in the Bunker Studios area and have heard a radio commercial for you guys. It's great, and I think that it's uh, it's the same one you played on last week's show. Any updates on when you'll be on local radio? Also, can you give any details on how that will work? Are you going to do your online show, too, Roswell? Uh, well, I guess that uh, well, we've talked about it before. Yes, we are working on something to be on local radio. And uh, we can't really go into detail right now. As of now, we will be doing a different show for radio, in addition to the podcast, in addition to the midweek show, Cronkite's yawning. He must be getting sleepy over there. Or am I boring you? Which one is it? Why you gotta call me out like that, man? Uh, so I'm, I'm just uh, have I'm, to, brother. Have to. I'm just I'm just trying to stay awake. I'm okay. Trying to suck oxygen in to keep my body open. Okay. And going. All right. Let's see. This next <laughs> one is from six seven bgh two trd. That is a big name. I have written you before. You are being monitored and listened to by the NSA. They are fully aware of your show and each one that is on it. You will never get. To admit anything in regard, you will never get anyone to admit anything in regards to the Paintsville UFO incident. Well, thank you very much, six seven B G H two T R D. So that must R two D two. So that must mean that there's actually something. Something to it. there. So if we'll never get it. So. Uh, Angie underscore ninety says, "You guys are ear candy goodness. Uh, I love the show. Um, I love the show. Show all hell here to chew bubblegum." Oh hell! Yeah, like oh okay. Oh, oh hell! hell. Oh, okay. All right, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, uh, I think we're ear candy goodness. Yes, ear candy yes. goodness. Ear candy goodness. Uh, Randy writes, "Hello, here to chew bubble gum." I just wanted to say Roswell. Well, Roswell to you, sir. Do you have some more <laughs> Roswell to you, sir? <laughs> uh, Ricola uh, says. Ricola. That's exactly it. Quarantine blues had me down. Then I found out. About here to chew bubblegum. My cure for cabin fever. Cronkite, Goose, Ned, and Elliot saved me from boredom. I also watched the Bob Lazar documentary and Cobra Kai that you talked about. Thanks, guys. Roswell. Now, we have one something like that before, except it didn't mention the Bob Lazar and Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go on to our question of the week. Our question of the week this week was... Uh, uh, I don't have it. What, what was our question of the week this week? Uh, oh, it was about the uh, paranormal. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I usually have that wrote down. I don't this week. <laughs> we are uh, failing miserably. Sorry about that. This, sorry this, about that. This show was going off the rails no, in a hurry. No. <laughs> uh, we, but we did have a tremendous response. Mm -hmm. So uh, wait, before we get started, what's your uh, paranormal experience? Mine? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've been walking down the highway before in a house I used to live in. and That's farther away from Bunker Studios area. I've seen a woman in black 
or a figure in black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shadow person. Shadow person, exactly. Okay. Uh, right on. Let's see. Buddy writes, my grandma died in 04. Her and my grandpa lived with us. I was outside when she passed away. I say about two or three minutes after she passed, I looked through a window from outside and watched her walk out of the bedroom she was in and through the living room. That was in July. That December, I was home by myself and decided to get some decorating done for Christmas inside the house. I went down to the basement and soon stepped off the basement step and heard someone walking across the floor uh, in the living room. I went back up and and nobody around. I go back down again and again as soon as I stepped off the bottom step, someone started walking again. I run back up and went into the bedroom and grabbed the pistol to look around. Never seen anyone through the whole house. And uh, again, I went back down into the basement, and this never did happen again. Well, thank you very much, buddy, for writing in and sharing your experience with us. Definitely. John says, when I was three, I thought I saw a figure in the hallway of my old house. My sister claims to have seen it too and even chased it down the hallway. I don't recall all of what, uh, all of that as I don't recall all of that as I was young, uh, but I do remember it remotely having the same shadowy outline as Raphael in a trench coat from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in 1990. I know that's an odd description. Uh, also, it had red or yellow eyes. Thank you very much. Was that from John? That's from John. Uh, Brenda says, I saw my mom about six months after she passed standing by my back door. I had a, let's see, had a peaceful, loving look on her face as to say it's all right. You need to stop grieving. I'm at peace with the Lord. Cancer really didn't win. Then she was gone. I rejoice knowing that she's with God, but I miss her every single day. Very much so. Uh, Ashley says, I don't know how young I was, but I'd say my youngest sibling was around four. Uh, we all decided to play hide-and-seek. While I was walking down the hallway from the front door, I passed the kitchen and noticed a head pop in and out from between the counter and the pantry. At that time, I didn't think about how the crack between the, uh, those two things was about one to two inches wide. I then continued to walk down the hallway past the living room where I saw a hand pop up from behind the couch. I walked over telling my little sister that I'd found her and she uh, should just give up. But when I looked back there, nothing was there. Uh, there's also the time that uh, when I was two to four, maybe, and lived in Ohio, I think we were in the process of moving. I'm not sure. Uh, but we were laying on the on the futon in the living room, and my stepdad went to the bathroom. I was on the outside edge of the bed when this hand started coming up from underneath the futon. Uh, it was red and black, very creepy. My mom tried to tell me that it was my stepdad, but I never took but I never took my eyes off the bathroom door until until that happened. So it couldn't have been him. That's it on that one. Okay. That's a very Uh, wild story. Yes, it is. Red and black hand. Uh, Keisha says, I've had more than I could begin to share, and most people I'm around end up having them too. Thank you very much, Keisha. Probably attached to you in some way. Uh, That's what it sounds like. Good call there. Mm -hmm. Good call. Another one for Cronkite. That's right. I'm getting good at this thing. John says, uh, yes, I have. Uh, Me and my wife uh, sitting on the floor. In the floor one night after all the wild UFO sightings, uh, just started and I was telling her how I could feel presences of things when they were uh, near. And as soon as I said that, uh, this is a TV stand on wheels rolled into my feet. 
uh, smacked me on my feet, and oddly enough, someone had died in the house below us um, that we was attached to, and they laid there for two weeks decomposing, so I believe we were visited by spirit that night. Wow. Uh, Julie says, I saw my ex-husband after he passed. He was sitting on my son's couch. The couch had belonged to him. I smelled my dad's smell for a long time after he passed. Dad chewed tobacco and had a distinct smell. Thank you very much, Julie, for writing in and sharing your experience. Karen says, yep, from the from hearing my name called out when alone, hearing a child talking, seeing my 15-month-old child playing and having a full conversation with my deceased father, uh, shower coming on by itself, odd footprints in the carpet, my children swear of a dark-figured woman uh, that stands in a hallway or corner corner of the bedroom that watches them sleep. Uh, the stories could go on and on. Uh, Wilma says, I have, uh, <clears throat> I have seen strange things over the years, but some people think you are crazy, but now I know what I've seen. Thank you very much, Wilma, for writing in. Kathleen says, my mom passed in her sleep in 2019. We have a wall clock that stopped working around that time. We think she passed. Uh, after the funeral, we put in uh, we put new batteries and reset the time. It stopped working at the same time she passed again. And uh, thank everyone for their question of the week responses. Our new question of the week. If you could ask a question to anyone at any time in history, who would it be? And what is your question? You can always call, text, or leave a voicemail to that question by calling 606-373-3396 or email. You can always email us. You can email goose at here, at here to dot Not goose at goose here to chew, but goose, just one goose. Yes. Not the number goose, one no. goose. At here to chewbubblegum.com. You can also email Cronkite. Cronkite at here to chewbubblegum.com. You can also even email Ned and Elliot. You can uh, reach them at heretochewbubblegum.com, at yahoo.com, mm-hmm. attention Ned or Elliot, please. Uh, and also our Facebook page. Comment, like, sub- do whatever, subscribe. A YouTube channel, too, as well. Um, and that, again, our new have? question of the week. If you could ask a question to anyone at any time in history, who would it be and what is your question? Go. That is a good one. Abraham Lincoln. Why? Uh, because he was president from the, of, of the United States, and he was from uh, Kentucky. What would you ask him? I would ask him what it was like to hunt vampires. It, that didn't really happen to you there, right? It was a show. Yeah, it's a movie. It's a book. He hunted vampires. I thought that was a movie. Uh, yeah, it's a book and a movie. Abraham Lincoln, what the vampire hunter. Yeah, it was fake, though, right? You have to do a little research on it, my friend. Vampires. You don't. So you think aliens could exist and ghosts, but you don't and think werewolves. vampires and werewolves and werewolves, but but not vampires. No, I think it's it's outlandish and crazy. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think you're outlandish <laughs> and crazy. Ned. Same question. Yeah, and, and I'm going to have a different one next show too. Okay. What yeah. about you? Well, right now I want to say uh, Leonardo da Vinci. What would you ask him? I would ask him how he kept, how he got the uh, inspiration to paint and create the first flying machine. Hmm. I would like to talk to Nikola Tesla. There's a lot. I think next week we should come back in with several. Each there you of go. Us. How about your top four or your top five? Your top five and my top five Let's do next it. week. All right. 
So everybody's got homework. Oh, all right, well, sorry. Da Vinci's already won. Dale Earnhardt's number two. Well, no, no, you, you you can't do them right D- now. Dale Earnhardt. No, well, save it for next week. Oh, that'll do it for this week. Um, again, our new question of the week: If you could ask a question to anyone at any time in history, who would it be, and what is your question? And uh, you're 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 starting to get a little tired, aren't you? I am getting a little wore out. I think. Uh, I, th- I think it's because the blood's not flowing. I'm just sitting here mm-hmm. for too long. I've been entertaining, ear candy, and everyone that listens to this show, and my eyes are getting droopy. Okay. You know what? I've worked. I work hard, Goose. Okay. That's- yes. Yes, you do. That's exactly right. You make make too much candy. Uh, But that'll do it for this week. We want to space. That'll do it for this week. We want to say special thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work and for allowing us to use the music of Flannery, CK, Uncle Bill, ST3B, ST3B, and everyone else over at DeadPit.com. James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the gang at the Edge Studios. That's the Edge, spelled T H, number sign three. T-shirt Joe at fastcustomshirts.com. If you want shirts, you want quality, you want them done fast, T-shirt Joe. T-shirt Joe at fastcustomshirts.com. Fast custom. It's in the name. And also, thank you to my friends in the band Stone Eleven, uh, who you've also hear, heard some uh, music from them throughout Fantastic. the show. Fantastic, Stone Eleven. It's a good uh, name. It's a very good name. Thank you. That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week. And until then, so long for now. Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.